Hey there, welcome to Fit and Fired Up, the podcast that's all about fueling your passion for a healthy and vibrant life. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this incredible journey. Whether you're a seasoned fitness guru or just trying to dip your toes into the world of wellness, this podcast is tailor-made to you. Here at Fit and Fired Up, we believe that knowledge is the key to unlocking your true potential, and that's exactly what we're serving up. Each week, we'll dive into the ever-evolving worlds of nutrition and fitness, from debunking popular myths to exploring the latest cutting-edge research. We've got you covered. It's time to separate fact from fiction so you can make informed decision on your health journey. But you know what? It's not just about the science. We're here to have fun, too. We'll spice things up with inspiring success stories, expert interviews, and plenty of laughter along the way. So grab your favorite protein shake, your comfiest workout gear, and get ready to get fit and fired up like never before. And if you feel like you got something out of this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. Hello, welcome back. Episode 15. I'm going to be going over the things that drive me crazy about the diet and health industry. This is going to be a little bit of a fiery episode just because all of these things I'm incredibly passionate about this field and bringing the truth to a lot of this stuff that can be a little bit of a gray area or shady or just misunderstood a lot of the times. And I did make a post about this on social media and I wanted to kind of expand on it because this stuff really does drive me insane. And so I just get really heated. (laughs) And any client of Rufit Nutrition knows how passionate I am about these issues. I see in the US healthcare system, because most clients come to me with a lot of horror stories of how their doctor treated them. And I hear a lot of horror stories of how birth control fucked them up mentally, physically, and emotionally, but they stayed on it because their doctor was unconcerned or gaslit their concerns. I also hear a lot of horror stories of people going to their doctor or registered dietitians who gave them a 700 to 1200 calorie diet to follow so they could lose weight and told them to work out five days a week without any further information of plan to get out of that restrictive and extreme weight loss plan. I hear of other coaches giving clients cookie cutter plans because their roster is 100 clients deep and they never customize, communicate, or adjust their plan. And some of the things I've heard just blow my freaking mind because it's just not acceptable. And one example is I'm a part of a few mom groups on Facebook and so many moms ask for meal plans or weight loss programs and advice and some responses just leave me shocked. These comments tell moms to drop their calories to roughly a thousand calories so they can lose weight as quickly as possible as early as six weeks postpartum. I've also seen comments suggest cutting out gluten, dairy, sugar, alcohol, and any packaged foods, which is incredibly difficult and unnecessary when you're a new mom. And this advice is even more detrimental when you're considering breastfeeding, C-section, recovery, traumatic birth experiences, and sleep deprivation. No mom should be rushing to drop the baby weight through the first six to nine months of postpartum so their body can fully recover, meaning more food needs to be eaten, a wide variety of food, lots of water, dental exercise and progress appropriately, and given grace and support. 
I've also seen comments suggest different weight loss plans and glorify how restrictive they were along with the insane amount of weight loss they had. I saw somebody comment that they've lost over 100 pounds while eating around 1,300 calories for the past year. And now normally, this completely disregards someone's needs, goals, and lifestyle and what is actually safe for weight loss. So what is safe is 0.5 to 1 pound per week of weight loss, which is usually acceptable for most. If someone is obese, this range can be higher, and that's totally okay. But quick weight loss without education, adjustments, and mindset work is dangerous. I also saw another post about a woman looking for a hundred or sorry, a thousand calorie diet in a group I'm in. And I just felt so bad for all the women who encouraged or suggested ways to hit this goal and even for the original poster. Luckily, there were also lots of comments that said this is dangerous and unsustainable, but your health should never, never be sacrificed to lose weight because eventually this will bite you in the ass and make it so much harder to bounce back after the diet. Dieting on calories lower than your BMR is dangerous for your mental, physical, and emotional health. It slows down your thyroid production, which controls your metabolism. It decreases your sex hormones, tanking your libido, and creating period problems or your period disappears completely. It decreases your energy, cognitive function, productivity, willpower, and performance. It inhibits sleep and increases increases stress to make it impossible to recover or make progress. Everyone has a set metabolic rate, and you can do an online calculator to kind of figure this out for yourself, but just know that this is a rough estimate. Because your metabolism changes daily depending on sleep, stress, activity, and nutrition, your baseline shifts Most women need to be consuming at least 1,800 calories in maintenance and stay above 1,500 calories while in a short-term deficit. These numbers depend on size, weight, activity level, muscle mass, and overall internal health, person to person. So when I see a woman looking for a quick weight loss without any regard for her long-term health, I feel the need to explain why this is so dangerous. And hopping from diet to diet can also be dangerous for the same reasons. If you don't spend time eating more food, your body will not feel safe enough to lose weight and nothing you do will work unless you absolutely kill yourself in the gym and eat hardly anything. Another thing that I want to point out that drives me crazy is Western medicine and how doctors seem to be getting away with gaslighting their patients, refusing lab work without any reasonable explanation, saying they're going to order labs but only get half of what you requested and you find out after the fact that you get it back. They disregard and are sometimes downright rude to their patients about their concerns and spend too much time downgrading their symptoms by saying, quote unquote, you're just getting old or this is normal for women, blah, blah, blah. Instead of actually just referring out, we're digging in deeper to find out more. I've had clients come to me saying that they went to their doctor with significant period pain, bloating, acne, and extremely heavy periods, and their doctor shoved birth control down their throats even when they expressed they didn't want to be on it. 
or they just jump them from one medication to the next without digging deeper or finding out maybe why the original medication isn't really working or doing the job that was expected. There's been rare occurrences when clients come to me with amazing stories of their doctor, listening to them and asking deeper questions to get to the bottom of the problem. And I get it, many doctors are overworked with hardly any time to spend on their patients, never mind their own continuing education on nutrition, supplements, and alternative health other than diagnosing and medications. But at what point does this become irresponsible and unacceptable? It's, ex- it's scary and dangerous, and I think that's why people are switching to functional coaching or healthcare, but many can't because it's not covered by insurance, which I think is also absolutely absurd. The more time I spend with women dealing with gut and hormone issues, the more I see the traditional healthcare system fail them. They spend years dealing with blanket diagnoses like IBS and have no idea how to help themselves, even when their doctor's suggestions of cutting out different food groups. There's this ignorance of root causes and too much reactionary medicine after someone's already too sick to it reverse to reverse it naturally. And of course, there's a place for this type of medicine, like if some diagnosis was unavoidable, genetic, or maybe snuck up on somebody. But signs and symptoms that were identified early on enough could have been reversed or switched by lifestyle changes, nutrition changes, support and guidance, and supportive supplementation. And this should really be the prime focus if that's the case. Another thing that really baffles me is how fitness influencers or bodybuilders think they can coach just because they've lost weight or competed in bodybuilding. I think this hits me hard because I've spent so much time, money, effort, and priority over my education, my personal experience, and work on building my ability to coach. I devoted four years on my bachelor's degree in sports medicine. I did an accelerated nine months in my master's degree in exercise and sports science. I spent seven years in personal training and strength and conditioning. 13 years total coaching different populations, groups, and teams, nine months of a graduate fellowship coaching athletes in a Division I weight room while in my grad program, and countless hours and thousands of dollars in my continuing education and mentorships. And I can tell you, I still question things. I still say, I'm not sure about that. Let me look into that for you. Let me clarify that for you. Let me get a second opinion because there's so much in terms of someone's health. There's so much that goes into weight loss. And that's what I really ended up switching into or why I switched into gut and hormone because when I first initially started my online online coaching company, I recognized that I had a lot of discrepancies in my coaching abilities and a lot of blind spots that I really just couldn't help clients with. So I took the time, I took a lot of time, to hire the right mentors, ask the right questions, and take countless courses or masterclasses to dig in deeper. And also, that's to say that I'm still working on it. I'm still digging in a little bit more because there are still blind spots and I don't know everything. And despite all of these years, 
there's still so much to learn and change that changes throughout the years just because there's new evidence. There's new anecdotal evidence, especially that comes out in functional medicine and functional coaching. So for somebody to jump into this online coaching industry as a coach that says outlandish things that are outside of their scope of knowledge, of practice, and haven't spent the time and the money and the long hours to get to the this type of information that they're they're talking about where you in my perspective I see that it's incorrect but then I also see fitness influencers selling their product and the only thing they're posting is their workouts or booty pictures or pictures of them in their sports bra and shorts they're not actually spending the time educating their following that's usually kind of a red flag in my opinion from my seat and so with this whole entire thing it the industry can just get really muddied with influencers who just don't know what they're talking about or talk about things that worked for them specifically and think everyone can benefit from what they did to lose weight and get toned. And this isn't further from the truth. And a lot of advice needs to be actually, quote unquote, it depends. Because there's such a range of change that someone can do to reach their goals. Because everyone's, everyone in general is different. But specifically when you look at how many things can be different, their dieting history, their activity level, their age, their medications, their stress or daily life, their work schedule, if they're a mom or if they have um, stuff going on within the family that is stressful, if they have inconsistent schedules on a day-to-day basis, if they are on birth control, if they're getting crazy periods, if they have gut issues, if they have other signs of gut or hormone distress, if they have been exposed to mold or they're in a toxic environment for work or home. There are so many things, like that is just even a short list that I just like popped out from my brain. There's so much that goes into coaching and coaching on an individual level that is what just like sticks the knife into my gut when I see these fitness influencers make so much money off of people that just aren't aware. So uh, what I see a lot of is actually a lot of generalization or absolutes. And I know those are like completely different or like opposites of each other. But the generalization is like, here's what works for me. This is what it's also going to work for you. And absolutes are like, if you want to do this, you have to do this. If you do this wrong, you don't hit your goals or you put yourself in a disadvantage or whatever that looks like, right? It's like an absolute statement that if you want this, you have to take this or you have to do exactly what I say or you can't veer from the plan, right? So I like to view this in a few different ways. I like to usually kind of go about this approach um, with like multiple options, right? So like if I say if you're dealing with this specific thing, 
then try this or this or this. Here are different things that we can try if you're dealing with a specific issue. Or another example is if this didn't work, try adjusting it slightly. So an example of something would be if macro tracking didn't work for you originally, how about we just track protein and calories? How about we just kind of push to the side carb and fat goals? We simplify a little bit. We focus on one or two things instead of four. And let's see if we can get some consistency there. Another example is depending on your job, lifestyle, dieting history, activity level, goals, injuries, relationship to food, symptoms, medications, and if you're a mom, try this or this or this or this or this or this or this. (laughs) Because in each of those things, there's a wide variety of possibilities, which means there's also a wide variety of options that works for somebody, which is also why we do such a extensive uh, intake for new clients. We do two pretty big intake forms. One is very specific to symptoms for like gut and hormone health and just exposures to different things. But the other one is like, let me just get to know what your life looks like, right? We do it on our natural discovery call the very before that, but I want to know more, right? Do you have pets? Do you have kids? Do you take vacations? Do you already work out? And what exactly does that look like? How many days a week are you doing? But what is also realistic for you? What kind of exercise are you doing? What do you have access to? Um, How did COVID affect you? That's a big one too, because a lot of people had some mental and physical effects from it. And that is the whole goal of customized coaching and just really coaching in general, right? Because each person's going to come in with so many different variations of so many different factors that everything needs to look like it matches where the person is coming in at just slightly 1% in a healthier direction to help move them closer to their goals. And a big part of that, too, is also not promising results. I don't promise my clients they're going to get to their goals, but I do promise that I'm going to be here every step of the way. I'm going to make sure that everything that I give them is always in their best interest and I explain why we do what we do. I promise that, you know, I'm going to keep them accountable to what they make as promises to themselves. I promise that all of my effort is going to go into my client to make sure that I stay up to date with anything that's going on for them, any additional symptoms or red flags that maybe I'm not even familiar with. I always get a second opinion or I get more resources to help support them. So when coaches or fitness influencers promise results, that's usually a red flag right? Because you can't, you don't know what the future looks like. You don't know what is going to happen in between that time of when a client signs up to, you know, six months down the road or nine months down the road. There's always a lot that happens for someone's life, right? They travel, they get sick, their family gets sick, they change jobs, they move houses. All of these things can affect how somebody shows up 
in a program. And that's completely okay. That is part of the process. Part of the process too is adjusting expectations and the actual plan that is given. I think a lot of the times I see or hear about clients having previous coaches that didn't change their plan when they their job schedule you know increased significantly or expectations didn't change about hitting their goals or their um you know their kids got sick and they were a whole week or a week and a half out from anything that they could possibly manage but nothing changed or no support was given or no reassurance was given because that is the biggest thing for a lot of clients when stuff gets really difficult is I'm going to be a failure. I'm not going to hit my goals. This is all going to go to shit if I can't do 100% of it. And when you have a coach that, you know, kind of proves that wrong or reassures you that that is not the mindset that actually produces results, that there is a lot that can happen in between that zero or 100%. And it's important to have that kind of support through all of that. So again, this kind of goes back into when you're dealing with an influencer or somebody that's just not quite qualified to coach somebody, there isn't any of that because they just aren't educated in that, right? They haven't had enough tools in their toolbox to help somebody through that. It's not to say everybody, of course, right? Some influencers are amazing coaches. Some coaches aren't qualified. <laughs> so it's it's in between, right? So another thing that irks me, weight loss programs glorifying weight loss and condemning you when you don't lose weight or say that it's because you're not trying hard enough. They're looking for marketing and promotions on your progress and want you to tell your friends how much you've lost how much you've lost to get them in the door. And sure, this is great thing to share because obviously it can be progress, but it can't be the only thing that you focus on. I've had clients gain weight and look like they've lost weight. They look leaner, they're more toned and muscular, and they feel amazing because they have tons of energy and focus and love for themselves now. So weight loss isn't glorified in Rufit Nutrition. It's celebrated less than what we celebrate changes in someone's gut symptoms, energy, love for themselves and their new lifestyle, relationships with food and their spouse and kids, and how they perform in the gym. We use the scale as data and collection of information. Creating data helps us see patterns when something is off or out of the ordinary. For example, if I have a client tracking their weight every day, which is usually actually not something I do. I usually do bi-weekly weigh-ins because I want people in between to see all the other amazing changes that are happening and not hyper-focusing on the scale. But say I have somebody tracking their weight daily. They're also tracking their food and their fiber. One day we see their weight go up a couple of pounds. I'm able to see what their food intake was, what if they had done their exercise the day before, maybe they exercised later than normal. Maybe they had a little bit bigger dinner the night before, or maybe their fiber was a little bit higher. 
Or maybe they tell me that their bowel movements were a little bit different. Everything that they report on, everything that I see in their food logs, and what I see as that weigh-in helps me understand why that happened and how I can explain it to my client when they're upset or frustrated or don't understand the logic of weight fluctuations yet. So the more data I have, the more I can see, look, this is a one-time thing. You've been dropping weight pretty consistently on a week-to-week basis, and this is a very normal thing to expect when we see this, this, and this happen for you, you know, the day before or, you know, for the previous week, right? Especially when we're looking at holidays. So someone's relationship with the scale should come from a place of logic, not emotion. And I say this all the time to clients, especially when they're starting to show signs of frustration or maybe maybe just like a little bit of like um, sadness maybe to like all the fluctuations that are happening or maybe a, a lack of change even within the scale. So it should be logic regardless if it goes down or up because there's always something we can pull from that and weight loss programs only use it as a sign of success and progress. I know Weight Watchers specifically that I've heard from clients that did it previously, when they'd go to their meetings, right, their their group meetings, everyone would weigh in and everyone... I think this is correct. Everyone would weigh in in front of everybody else. The women that lost the most were celebrated and were given like not a trophy, but like, a, you know, a good job. Like you're you're high up on the list of whatever, all of the clients. And this is so messed up because what I've also heard is Weight Watchers is trying to get away from using the scale or using your weight as a progress or success marker, but then they're also using it as a competition tool. If you use it as competition, you automatically put emotion into it, especially for people that are very motivated by competition. So it doesn't make sense. It blows my mind that that is like the mixed messaging that they're giving. And granted, maybe this has changed. Hopefully it has. But this was, I think, told to me maybe last year. So it's it's relatively recent. So again, if you're celebrating weight loss, you're also probably going to be pretty frustrated and angered if the weight loss doesn't happen. And you're going to identify your progress and everything else as if it doesn't matter, right? Because that one thing hasn't changed for you. So (laughs) I know this is kind of all over the place and I know for sure, and I for sure know that these things aren't true all of the time, right? But when I see at least one of these things happen on a daily basis, I feel the need to talk about it. I'm 1000% not saying you should skip going to your doctor. (laughs) You still need to go to your doctor. I'm saying it's important to advocate for yourself and know they work for you. You are in charge and you deserve to be heard. 
I'm also not saying that if you've done or dealt with any of these things that you're worse off or you did anything wrong. I want you to know the extent of these things and coming from a coach's perspective. Sometimes we just need like an outside educated perspective that brings light to things we didn't know or understand before. And I hope this is helpful. I hope it guides in some sort of clarity through some of these things. And this field is ever evolving. It changes constantly, especially in the world of functional medicine, because functional medicine is actually relatively new. I don't know how new it is, but compared to the traditional medicine system that we obviously, you know, we go to our doctors for and we get our yearly physicals and, you know, medications given and all that kind of stuff, it skips over root causes. But because the human body is so complex, intricate, and ever evolving and changing, functional medicine, because it looks like some, for, because it looks at somebody as a whole and all of the systems working in together, a lot of things change over time. And sometimes it actually changes pretty quickly. (laughs) And so like one week something is true and then all of a sudden it's proven incorrect and this other thing is true and, you know, all, all of this stuff can get pretty muddy. So that's why I also think it's hard to know where to go when you're unhappy with your doctor or when you're unhappy with the care you're given, even if you're working with like a registered dietitian or a weight loss nutritionist through maybe your hospital or something like that. It's hard to know what the next step can be. And it's also hard to know who is qualified to help you when there's so many coaches, and not to say that it's oversaturated or anything, but there are a lot of coaches or there are a lot of influencers that are selling their products and relatively cheap, right? A lot of the times you see influencers programs very cheap, but that also means that their rosters are probably hundreds of people deep, which makes it also very hard to be in touch with your coach. Um, because they have 99 other people. So doing your due diligence and talking to people online, messaging coaches, asking questions, seeing what and how they disseminate information is important. And there are always going to be coaches that are right for you, but sometimes that means you just kind of have to find them. And you're not always going to find the right one right off the bat because sometimes personalities don't mesh. Sometimes their systems just might not work for you or their coaching style might not work for you. And that's really kind of just part of it. It's part of the process of finding what does work. But the process itself, doing it that way, when you know that most of the time a coach to some degree is going to look a little bit deeper if you find a coach that does that sort of thing. So if you've tried a bunch of things, a bunch of diets, you've gone to your doctor for years without any answers, 
nothing is working for you, it's okay to look elsewhere. It's okay to look for a functional medicine doctor. It's okay to look for an online coach who specializes in the things that you're struggling with. It's also okay and normal to have to invest into that. Not all cheap things are going to work. Not all cheap things are good (laughs) um, or are worth it. Sometimes it's better to save up and invest into the thing that you know is going to help you or the thing you feel most aligned with. So I know that was slightly off topic, but I think it's important to know because based on all the things that I went over, they're not going away. People are still going to struggle with these types of things popping up into their lives and getting incredibly frustrated in their health journey because again, they've tried everything. Maybe you've tried everything and nothing has stuck for you so far. It's time to look elsewhere. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this was helpful and please share this on your story if you feel like somebody needs to hear this. I appreciate you being here. Have a good day. So that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening, supporting this podcast and me. If you found this to be helpful and you know someone else who would benefit from this information, please share it with them or on your social media. And if you have a second, please hit follow and give this a five-star rating so I can reach more people who need to hear this. Until next time, stay fired up about your health and fitness, and I'll see you in one week for our next episode.